With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. New Year, and welcome to Church of the Beatitudes Online. As you can tell already, today's worship experience is going to be somewhat different than what we would typically do here at Church of the Beatitudes. And being the first Sunday in January of 2021, we thought it would be the appropriate time for Beatitudes Radio, our live podcast, to present the worship service as a way of welcoming in the new year as we dialogue about New Year's and New Year's resolutions versus evolutions. But as we continue, I invite you to take this time to join with me in a meditative prayer, one that captures the essence of not only our discussion today, but also the essence, I think, of what Church of the Beatitudes is about. Let us be together in a time of reflection and prayer. Religious reverence calls us to hold truths in our hearts and proclaim it with strength. We do this best when we recognize different eyes invariably see the world in different ways. It therefore follows that while truth speaking may be the soul of virtue, Humble listening is also the soul of wisdom. Neither virtue nor wisdom survive for long without food or shelter. Let them reside together, then in a house constructed of humility, respect, and love. Janelle, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tony. And Miss Charity. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tony. And Happy New Year, Church. Uh, we are we have a few options for you to interact with us actually today. If you are watching on Facebook, you can go in the comments section and type any questions or comments. And Janelle or I will see them and bring them into the conversation. You can do the same thing on YouTube in the comments section if that's where you're watching today. Or we also have a text option. Mm, tell me more. This is the one where you get to remain anonymous <laughs> if you want to be feisty with us. The number to text into is 480-389-4974. And, and I'll be monitoring that today. And just one more time, 480? 480-389-4974. 480-389-4974. All right. And Janelle. Yeah. What in the world is going on 
since uh, the last time. It's been a week and a half a since we've done something like this. So Right. So church life has gotten a little um, exciting, actually, for well, the new year. Well, tell me more, please. We have, well, today's theme is about evolution. Yes. And our website has undergone an evolution itself. We've heard w- rumors of this for the last year. We have, and it's finally here. So I want to invite everyone to go to www.beatitudeschurch.org and check out the new website. It's simpler. It's easier to navigate. Wow. There are a few kinks. So if you're a member and you try to get to the member portal, not going to work for probably about another week. But once we get that worked out, we're good to go. And do, do you, I mean, do we have like a teaser we can share with them? A te- oh, sure. Yeah. If if uh, Ryan would sli- show the slide of the front uh, home page. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I- it's got our beautiful, beautiful Great West window. Yeah. And, of course, our halo lights. And this is our welcoming uh, doorstep digitally. Yeah. Well, thank you very, very much um, mm-hmm. to you, Janelle, and also to our our church board and also to all of our members who financially Absolutely. are the ones that support to make this stuff happen. So, so big thank you. Anything else happening? That, um, uh, yeah, but it's not exactly here. It's over at Beatitudes Campus. Yes, which is, even though we are not officially linked with each other, we still are... Right in, right in here, yes, right. very much connected with very them. Very much so. And this week they had a very exciting kind of national media coverage over an event. So they literally started off the new year with, with a bang on a national level. On a national level. And it has to do with the vaccines. Whoa. And so I'm going to have a, we're going to play a clip for you. And so you can see... Um, I would say it's a very new uh, idea of hope and restoration over there and for everybody. Let's see it. Casey, we're in the heart of Phoenix here at the Beatitudes campus. There's about 700 residents here. And earlier this morning, we had the chance to introduce some folks to Hootie. And Hootie has been isolated from her partner of 39 years, Peggy, who is currently in the skilled nursing part of this campus here. And I want to let you hear part of our conversation this morning, and then I'll take you to the next moment that uh, makes today a particularly special day here on campus. Today... I can kind of remember what hope is like. We kind of didn't have that for a long time, but I think Peggy would say the same thing, that we were rediscovering hope. Casey, the vaccines have arrived here in Phoenix at Beatitudes campus. Uh, Hootie, you've been FaceTiming every day with Peggy, and you're FaceTiming her now. And take us through. I just want, Casey, I just want everybody to have the chance to live through this moment here with them. The, the sleeve just went up. Sleeves up. Alcohol cotton is right out. Here it comes. All right. All right. The miracle has happened. First step, first step. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 
It's really, well, it's really, really amazing. Here she is. Got the sleeve back down. The first step. The first vaccination, babe. What does this mean for you guys, Booty and Peggy? Oh, goodness. What do you think that means to us? We're hoping we're going to get, be able to get things, whatever we call normal, again. 28 days, you get the next, the next dose, and then you will be protected. And I am so relieved that it finally, it has finally come today. Rudy. Yes. Thank you to you. Peggy, thank you and blessings to you, all righty? We look forward to meeting you in what, 28 days from now? 28 days. 28 days from now. January 26th. Casey, you said it. The vaccines are coming out, and it's one human at a time. It's one couple at a time. This couple of 39 years. There's a lot of life to be lived around this country, and as you can see, there's reason to be hopeful heading into 2021, Casey. Casey, we're in the heart of Phoenix here. Wow. Right? Wow. Isn't that so awesome? Oh, and we are so grateful to the campus for sharing that clip with us so that we could replay it for you. I could watch that a hundred times. Oh, yeah. That, that's I, While we were watching it, uh, um, I was thinking, you know, that she said, well, that's the first step. And I immediately thought about uh, Armstrong and the one small step for Peggy <laughs> and one leap for humankind when it comes to that vaccine. And That's, Hootie. And Hootie, yeah. What yeah. a great, great way to, to start the first of the year. I mean, that's awesome. And talking about that, January 1, first of the year. But did you know, Janelle, hmm. that we have only been celebrating January 1 as the first of the year since, well, not since. The dawn so, of time. No, for less than <laughs> less than 500 years. Really? Yes, it was in uh, 1582 when Pope Gregory III mm-hmm. decided to, to reform the Gregorian calendar and switched and reestablished January 1st as New Year's Day. Hmm. But its initial mm-hmm. January 1st ties all the way back to Julius Caesar in 46 BC. Oh my. Now, what Julius, then? well, Julius Caesar based his calendar off of uh, the more of the solar and what was happening as far as in the astro astronomy area. Natural. And even though it resembles our modern Gregorian calendar, there are mm-hmm. some differences that exist. But the reason why he chose January 1 what? was in honor of his namesake, Julius Junus which is oh. the god of change and beginnings. Oh. And if you, Ryan, if you can put up on the screen for us, one of the things that's cool about Janus is that he has two faces, one facing into the past and mm-hmm. one into the future, which becomes an amazing concept for this idea of transition, reflecting back. Right. And then also looking, looking forward. forward. Yeah. Very nice. However, what? It only lasted for 500 years. And then the Council of Tours got rid of January 1. And who is that? It was a group of church leaders that mm-hmm. came together and they said that this was 
too pagan and unchristian-like. Oh, of course. So they got rid of it, <laughs> and instead they went to either December 25th or March 25th as the beginning of the year. Oh. Yeah. March, wow. March 25th and or December 25th. Hmm. What's interesting, though, is January 1st didn't disappear. Okay, what happened to it? Well, it just got a new name. Instead of being the New Year, it mm-hmm. actually became the Feast of Circumcision. <laughs> There's a flip. Yeah. Yum. Happy New Year. Ha- <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Happy Feast of Circumcision. Well, And the reason why that happened was it was eight days after December 25th, which was going to be... The birth of Jesus, that became the tradition. Yes. And that would have been the day that Jesus was circumcised in the temple. Hmm. So that was became the norm for a thousand years until Pope Gregory decided mm-hmm. to bring it back. But even before then, you go back and you realize that the New Year celebration was very much tied to three things. Which are? Agricultural. Mm-hmm. Astronomical. Oh. And... The gods. Okay. And that's where I think I find it fascinating is that the new year is completely, if we go back far enough, completely tied into religion, into deities. Mm-hmm. And yet today we don't see that quite as often. We don't, it's, it's very much a secular, very much a secular uh, thing that we celebrate. But yet, but its core mm-hmm. is in the area of religion. Wow. So I, fi- I find that fascinating. And then the last one, I think, is that the Israelites themselves, mm-hmm. they talk about a new year. And this is, I know it may sound kind of like, uh, it's not that exciting, but to me it's really exciting, <laughs> is that... They, in the third century, yes, it's the little things (laughs) that excite me in life. (laughs) It was in the third century BCE that they found three Egyptian papyrus Uh that were Psalms. And they talk about a new year. And one of them is actually linked into Psalm 20. But what's cool about this, and I'm now I'm going to read from this article, at the time of the wine harvest, mm-hmm. the rise of the new moon, mm-hmm. which would have been in the fall. So we got agriculture, s- astronomy. Signified the re-enthronement of Yahweh, another way of saying Yahweh, uh-huh. over the other gods, which meant that the new year had begun. Oh. So again, you can, it's, that tie-in is huge. Right. So the other gods get three quarters of the year, and then uh-huh. Yahweh comes in at the last, the last quarter. Well, it's almost like he he's there all along, but it's like he gets rebirthed every year. Every year he comes back, which I think is is amazing. Is that their their sense of connection mm. with everything around them? Yeah. And then using that, the cycles of nature and the cycles mm-hmm. of, of uh, the, the astronomy and the, the sky became the means by which they governed their lives and their new years. But I, I w- It's odd to me that they would have celebrated the new year at the end of the season. Because essentially, well, I guess the, an ending is a new beginning, but like the harvest is the end. 
Right. Whereas in a lot of cultures, it was the vernal equinox that was the yes. new year, which is the spring when right. when the earth wakes up from its slumber and its its time of rest and, and everything becomes new. You start seeing new animals and new plants and, and things are breaking through. To me, that just makes so much more sense than either the autumn or the winter like we have it. Yes, right. and and that's where the Phoenicians and the Persians would agree with you 100%. I like them. They Yes, they... Uh, <laughs> They were the spring equinox. That was theirs. That's what they did. And it, was, it goes very much to what you said, is if you look at the cycle of life in nature, mm-hmm. you do get the death, and then you get the rebirth. Um, it just seems to make more sense to right. me. The only thing I could see in the fall would be, I don't know. <laughs> that thought just slipped my mind, I guess. So, it doesn't work. Yeah, but... Well, so I mean, me- the spring was taken... <laughs> And so they had to decide something new for their God. So That's what they did, huh? Yeah. So I have a question for you then is why why don't is there a way that we can incorporate this cycle of newness into our life? For example, I know I live downtown Phoenix and there's no way that I have a view of the sky the way that they did. And so I don't follow that i i live downtown phoenix so i'm not out in nature watching the things as as they go through their different cycles um the only way we know it's winter right now is because the high is in the 60s otherwise we don't even know it's winter here that we don't get that in phoenix Um, no because even i mean i'm out in the west valley and we have a large tree in our backyard mm -hmm. and it actually loses its leaves which a lot of trees around here don't right right and but the thing is is it's January and I still have leaves hanging on that are about to fall off and I have all the new growth coming in all at the same time. So we have fall, winter, and spring all in this one tree for like two and a half months. (laughs) (laughs) So So how how could we then, um, not only the three of us, but those who are also listening, how could we come up with ways in which we could look at our life cycles and celebrate new not just a new year in january one but newness i mean do you, do you guys have any ideas or examples of how we could do that i know people who celebrate the new year on their birthday oh so it's oh, their yeah. new year it's their new start it's their next revolution around the sun mm-hmm. and for them that's when they mark what those uh new beginnings are going to look like and new challenges or new goals for themselves that they do that on their birthday because then it's a personal new year. It's yeah. not just tied to right. other people's versions of what that is. I, I wonder if you could do for those who uh, have a partner in their relationships, mm-hmm. if they could do their anniversary as oh, sure. kind of their new, I, I just think there's ways that we could look at the newness of life in different stages of our life. Uh, For example, even in spiritual communities, to celebrate, uh, and that's something we haven't done here in our Beatitudes in in some time, is celebrate our annual um, yearly birth of of our church. I mean, I think there's many ways that we can bring about this idea of newness and re-exam... That's what I love about... um, uh, uh, Junus is that looking back and looking forward, mm-hmm. and that's what to me is this newness is 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 truly about. So I think there's something though 
by doing it all together at the same time. It's a shared experience. It's connectedness. Ah. And if we're all doing it in different days of the year, then, you know, it doesn't tie us all together. That's right? a, that's a, yeah, yeah. But I how but in, in what way does it tie us together? Because well, I know it tied us together because at 12 o'clock it woke us up. <laughs> well, not me. It woke up my wife and she got to go out and watch the fireworks and people screaming. That might be us. So <laughs> So that was Not a us. way. We were in bed. That was a way of celebrating it together. But I, I yeah. think I think you're onto something. But I think there would have to be an intentionality, and and I think that's what one of the things is that COVID has really impacted mm. how we could do that as a community. Oh, and, for sure. And so maybe 2022 would be something like you were saying that throughout the world we're all doing something jointly. That I I think that's a great idea. No, I think it, it's important. We could do both. Let's just have more parties. More. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the introverts in, are crying inside right now. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we're going to be talking about is this idea of, in our next segment, we're going to be talking about New Year's. And instead of doing New Year's resolutions, we're thinking about doing New Year's evolutions. So for those of you who are listening... This is your opportunity during this next song, which is going to be a, a incredibly well done. Go tell it on the mountain. As you hear this song, if you would like to share with us the, what you see as the difference between a New Year's resolution versus a New Year's evolution, before we explain it, we would love to hear your thoughts on what you think they might be. And remember, you can text that. And the number again is? Four, four, <laughs> and now you will hear, go tell it on the mountain.
evolution. One of the things growing up as a, with a fundamentalist background of Christianity was I didn't see a lot of connection between, in fact, I denied evolution. We didn't study it much, just knew enough to mm -hmm. believe that there was a heresy out there. Mm -hmm. But now that I see the value of evolution, to me, as, as a Christian, tying evolution into Christianity is amazing. Powerful. It's very powerful, especially when I saw this idea of uh, what's your New Year's evolution by Stan Pearson, who has an MBA. He's not mm -hmm. even religious. That's his background. He's a master's of business administration. I thought, wow, what a powerful way yeah. to think about Christianity and how evolution impacts it. Because the reality is there's two types of evolution, micro and macro. And what's the difference? And macro happens on that larger scale. Mm -hmm. And then micros have what happens pretty much throughout our lives. Because all of us are evolving, and all we have to do is look around us. I mean, the we have computers that we didn't have, and the act, the, the the abilities that they had aren't what they were 10, 20 years ago. And a better website. And a better website <laughs> that evolved. <laughs> so we have all these different evolutions that is happening, and they are taking place whether we acknowledge them or not. But I think the tendency is to not evolve all the time because evolution can be uncomfortable. Right, very. And when that happens, that can leave us feeling uh, with a sense of discomfort, anxiety, frustration, and sometimes we can feel isolated because of these changes that are happening within our lives. They happen in the, as we evolve as individuals, in our family units, and even churches and spiritual communities are continually evolving. And that's why I find it fascinating is instead of having New Year's resolutions, we would start talking about New Year's evolutions. Mm. But before we go any further, did anyone give you any ideas, Charity, about uh, their insights of New Year's resolution versus evolutions? I do not have any comment on resolution or evolution, but we did have someone comment on March 25th in mm. the Catholic Church. It's the Feast of Annunciation. And I'll admit, because I grew up Southern Baptist, Baptist, uh, we were as anti-Catholic as you can, <laughs> right. if it was, if it has resembled Catholicism, it was heresy right, for that us. Was, that was the beast of revelation. So uh, we, I did not, I had to look it up and it is the announcement of the incarnation by the angel Gabriel to Mary. So it would have been approximately nine months before Christmas. Right. Yeah. So that would tie into, again, that new life and new beginnings. Mm -hmm. Did yeah. you, I mean, is that part of your routine, Janelle, to do New Year's resolutions? Oh, no. I you, don't do them. You don't do, you've never done a New Year's no. resolution. <laughs> Why not? Because it never, I'm, okay, maybe I did it once and I decided, okay, I can't sustain this. This is ridiculous. For me, it's more about becoming and and not focusing for one month or maybe two. So because of your lack of strength of willpower, you're poo-pooing <laughs> this whole idea? 
Right. I found a really powerful quote the other day, or it was when I was researching for this, from our favorite author, Glennon nice. Doyle. She said, I no longer think, um, no, I live one day at a time. I no longer think I'm one calendar month away from starting a new me. Mm. That resonated with me completely. In what ways? Um, we're always evolving. We're always becoming. Why do we have to set our minds once a year with a checklist on doing it? Okay. Charity, what about you? New Year's resolutions. I learned long ago that if I set a resolution, I will most likely like Janelle. And most people right. fail at it at some point. And so I started to set intentions. And at the time, I didn't realize that, you know, after we've talked about this for this last week, right. that they were evolutions. But uh. I set them as intentions. So one year was to make decisions less fear-based. And it was just, I took it one decision at a time. And sometimes I messed up and sometimes I didn't and took it at one at a time. And then one year it was, I'm going to try to lessen my plastic use. And so it was just one thing at a time. Right. Got rid of the shampoo bottles and replaced them with glass. And then I got rid of straws and bought my own. And then right. it was just one thing at a time. And it's changed into a lifestyle habit because I didn't set this like one time, like we're going to do this right now and we're doing it like, all across the board, because right. I think that's so difficult to make just such a turn upside down mm -hmm. type of change. And on that and same note, it. I found a statistic that said 50% of U.S. adults make resolutions. This was like in 2018, but only 4% of those who made the resolutions actually kept them. Wow. So. Now, when I was growing up... Um, and this sounds maybe sounds awkward, but I think at least four or five times on January 1, I made a New Year's resolution that I was going to read the Bible <laughs> all the way through. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I did that too. Yeah. And I did well. And then <laughs> Genesis was no problem. Got through that. Um, Exodus, um, it was okay. Leviticus. Numbers get it's a little scary. Leviticus. <laughs> Leviticus. Leviticus. Is the worst. And all the <laughs> laws and all the. And I think what was hard was somehow this idea of the Bible in my spiritual. That was the two ways that I experienced God was either through prayer hmm. and not through. It's prayer and reading the Bible. Those were the two. Yeah. And it was it was discouraging because then it was like, well, I made this resolution not only to myself but to God, and then all of a sudden that wow, yeah, guilt. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that have habits they want to break, and somehow it ties into their spiritual being and their image of God, and that has significant impact. So well, resolutions I did find as I was studying the ancients, hmm. kind of tying us into the last segment. It was the Mesopotamians that started resolutions. Tell me more. Um, the Mesopotamians promised the gods they would do better in the coming year in order to incur their favor and avoid their wrath. Wow. And that, wow, that brings it home for me because that's what was happening right. with me. Right. It was yep. very much based on that there were certain behaviors and certain moral stances that I needed in my life. And I kind of reset on January 1 to be that. 
So let me ask you this then. If we were to, to take away the idea of, of resolutions and look at the idea of evolutions, mm-hmm. how do you see that tying into spirituality? As far as what difference would it make? How instead of saying, okay, this year I'm going to read the Bible, what would be an example of a New Year's evolution? Something that a person could, could do on the spiritual side of things. That's tough. I'm thinking it's not so immediate either. I just feel like these New Year's resolutions are just so, the timeliness of them, it, it's now, it's immediate, let's... But isn't there something about, like, Charity, you said the, the word intentionality. Um, there is something about a, a point in time of the year, either New Year's, our birthdays, mm-hmm. um, anniversaries when it comes to relationships, that there is an intent that we are going to evolve in a certain direction. That instead of just kind of selling wherever, there is this sense of like, as I continue to evolve, at least this will be the, my intent, the direction that I am headed in, in this evolutionary process. Well, one of the differences between resolution and evolution is a resolution. So I looked at the definitions mm-hmm. of them yeah. just to kind of figure out like where we're starting from, because in some ways they can, there's a little gray area, but on resolution, it's a firm decision to do or not to do something. Okay. And then evolution is the process, yes. the gradual development of something. Mm. And I feel like resolutions are a lot how, and I think maybe we go back to the Mesopotamians and how you and I grew up in that whole, it's a shame-based, it's do this now, make this decision, and then you're inevitably going to fail at it because yes. change doesn't happen immediately. Change, any kind of good lasting change is always a process. And so if you're doing it shame-based and you're doing it as a to-do list and right now, it's not going to be sustainable. Whereas a process you build, you start at the beginning and you build. And that building gives you strength and a foundation to continue. Whereas a resolution is like, this has to happen today. I need to make this whole change in my life overnight. And that's not sustainable. And I think that could be really powerful from a spiritual perspective in the way that you could read certain texts. For example, um, there's in Jeremiah, it talks about a renewing and creating a new heart within the people. Uh, In the New Testament, it Mm. talks about Paul. We should have that song. That one's pretty. Yeah, creating me a new heart. And then the idea of Paul, that Paul says the, the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And I think... There's one way of looking at it would be this salvation moment that takes place, and therefore that resolution, this point in time, something happened. But maybe instead, going off of what you were just saying, is that this then begins, or not begins, but continues a process of evolving. Because as an individual moves on in their life, that's how maybe this renewing takes place, is something that isn't just a point in time, but it's something that happens in the... Pro- and I think that's where the intent could come in, is the intent could come in with regard to the process itself. What am I going to do in steps in bringing about this evolution? And I think evolution allows for you for adjustment, whereas a resolution, yes. you get kind of like singularly focused. Yeah, no chocolate. And then you, you know, block out everything else. Yes. And it, 
and it becomes unhealthy. Whereas evolution, it's a goal that you see, but you can bring new information and you can make adjustments. Whereas resolution, you've already set that, that point. Yes. And there's, it's just like you put blinders on yeah, and go at it. Focus, and right. so you can't take in new information Yes. and you can't adjust. Right. And you can't realize we go back to that whole, you know, my wish is that we could, I was talking about this with someone yesterday, was that we can normalize the idea of gathering new information, realizing we're wrong and changing directions. <laughs> I mean, it's so like foreign, but I think evolution allows for that. Yes. Allows for us to bring in new information and change direction because we've realized the information that we are going with is not the right information. And it takes it out of the realm of success versus failure. Yes. Along those lines, we have a comment. Um, somebody has said, New Year's as a day for new beginnings gives everyone permission to think about what needs to change. And they can talk to each other about it. To evolve, you need to know what you want and how uh, it fits with you, with who you are. At that point, you decide to do something you want to pursue. Hmm, that's interesting. I like right? that. And I, in going off of that, I, as we transition into our next seg segment here, um, we've got a great song coming up by Stephen Schermitzler on uh, The Better Days. And I think for me, the evolution that I have set for my New Year's evolution is that I will continue to embrace a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. Mm. And that goes back to what you guys were talking about is... Becoming. Yeah, is becoming. And part of that is uh, one, one person says, and I, I just really resonated with me, our beliefs about our ability to change define who we will become say that again our beliefs about our ability to change define who we will become wow and that can lead to better days I try to make this kind and clear Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days Cause I don't need boxes wrapped in strings And design the love and emptiness Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days So Faith and trust and peace while we're alive. 
Welcome back, everyone. We had a couple of comments over oh. that song break. One of them is a culture just like a church needs times to assess progress and goals. And time markers help that process. Mm. Persons who are self-reflective should be assessing all along how they are doing. And certainly each birthday is indeed an important way point to assess and make new beginnings to grow beyond where they are and where they want to be always evolving. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, and I really like that idea of a, of cultural too, is that there would be a stop. And I mean, this is a perfect opportunity here in the United States between January, between November 3rd and January 20th. It, it, this should be a, a time of reflection. It really should be of where we are as a culture and where we are wanting to head. Yeah. And instead, mm -hmm. we're finding this as a very divisive time right. rather than a time of being able to do that. But that doesn't mean, though, that we can't do what she said on a smaller scale, and that is with groups of, of people, and especially when those individuals have maybe differences, and can sit down and talk through those differences. And yeah, I, I think that's great. Any other comments that came in? We have another one that mm -hmm. came in and someone suggesting a Church of the Beatitudes Bible study based on daily reading the Bible. Wow, that's a great idea. Um, the disadvantage right now is COVID. It would be really hard to do. Mm. Um, and the limitations we have on time. However, for those of you who are interested in doing a reading of the Bible through the year, if you Google um, that, you know, reading the mm -hmm. Bible throughout the year, there's so many great programs out there. I, I did one one time that I was actually successful doing, <laughs> and it was cool because every day they gave an Old Testament reading and then also a New Testament reading. And so nice. you were able to kind of go back and forth. Yeah. And then last of all was a psalm. 
So you had three different readings that you could do every day. And I, I found that to be a different way of, of reading it. And, but again, I, that's, I, I don't know how many times I've read the Bible because it's, it's something I'm passionate about and enjoy right, doing. Right, right. But on this third section, one of the things I want to talk about is this idea of using the new year as mm-hmm. an opportunity to reflect on our relationships. And those relationships, either be it with parents, friends, teachers, siblings, work associates, children's partners, or even your relationship that may sound your boss, (laughs) (laughs) Um, your relationship with your pet, your relationship with objects. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is an opportunity. I think it is with a new year for us to stop and think about our relationships and also our relationship with however we understand God and mm. what that relationship could look like. And, and so there was an individual by the name of Greg Kretsch who came up with three questions that I find to be very, very helpful in this process. Oh. And Janelle, what, what is our first question that he offers us? Um, I also know that he based this on a Japanese art of self-reflection called yes. Nikon. I think that's how they say it. Yeah. Yeah. N a i k a n. Yes, and he spent some time over there, I believe, and was trained in this. Right. So the first question is, what have I received from blank? Question mark. Ah. What have I received from? So if I was to do a relationship focused mm-hmm. on my, let's say, my partner. What have I received from my partner? And then we could mm-hmm. do that. So what the beauty of this is, this exercise, is you can do it on a uh, daily basis. You could For do sure. it on a monthly basis, or you can do it on an annual basis, depending on what relationship you want to reflect back on. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I find so positive about this is it. For me, it's, it grounds me in the reality that I am surrounded by relationships that support and care for me. Oh, nice. I mean, when you stop and think about it. I mean, for example, if you think about... Uh, all right, Charity, choose a person you want a relationship with. That I want one or No, no, that you, that you have one with. <laughs> I'm sorry. That you have one with. Well, I'm married, so let's George go with cleaning. my wife. Oh. Okay, let's go with your wife. Um, over the last week, what have you received from her? Well, she came and saved my tuchus yesterday when I locked my keys in my purse and my phone in my car. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Yay, Wendy. Yes. Thankfully, she was out, and thankfully, she answered her phone, and thank you to the QT who let me use their phone. Okay. Um. She also took care of the dogs last night. Okay. Well, I would, took the kids to a funeral. And mm-hmm. she provides for us. Okay. She manages the finances so that I don't have to. All right. Because I don't like to do that. Okay. So now I'm going to flip over to Janelle. Uh, your relationship with your daughter. What have you received from your daughter over the last week? The gift of music. Last night, 
my daughter performed a winter concert. It was for grandparents, but we did it on Zoom. Wow. And we got to hear beautiful Christmas music. And I've been listening throughout this entire season. It's in the background when she's practicing. But I never actually sat down and just focused on her. And it was incredible. Yeah. So she gave me the gift of pause and music. Yes. And I think the other one that we can do this is in is in spiritual communities. For people to stop and think about, what have I received from the spiritual community that I currently belong to? Mm. And that that belonging may be literally, or it may be online. Yeah, digitally right now. Right. So what 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 have I received from them? And then that takes us to our second question, which yeah. is what you know. The second question: What? Have I given to blank? What have I given to blank? So if the first one is about receiving, then this one is about giving. Giving. All right. So, Charity, what have you given your wife over the last week? Well, I am the one that generally keeps, like, our room clean. So when she comes home. The bed's made and the room's clean. Oh, I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dave, but really? Okay. Um, most of the time, I do the laundry. She puts her own away, but I do the laundry. Okay. And I manage. Uh, we have a new system. Everyone in the house cooks one night a week, uh-huh. but they all give mm. me their stuff. And so I make the grocery list and I buy the groceries. Ah. And uh, I primarily am the caretaker of the dogs and the children. Okay. And for your daughter, Janelle. What have I given her? Yes, over the last week. Well, a Christmas gift, for one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of discipline. (laughs) Discipline. Loving discipline. (laughs) Yeah, um, just spending time with her, um, doing things that we just have overlooked for quite a while. Yeah. Just gotten caught up in the busyness, so... I think one of the things I like about these first two questions, it's it's, it's really kind of creating a, a ledger sheet, if you would. And on mm. one side, you list all the credits, the things that, um, that you have given. And yeah. then on the other side, you list all the debits, the things that you have taken. Yeah. And you can do this with any relationship. And then you begin to see what it is. I mean, one of the ideas that I thought about was doing it even with our earth. Oh. If you sat down, for example, on Earth Day or any day, but but especially like an Earth Day, sit down and say, what has the Earth given to me? Oh, yeah. And what have I taken from the Earth? Yeah. And then look at the very end of it and look at the ledger and say, ooh, I've been taking more than I've been giving. Yeah. And I right. think it's a great way, again, with spiritual communities, friendships, um, anything, even... Um, even in our larger community, for example, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. What has Phoenix given me, mm-hmm. the city of Phoenix, versus what I have given them? Right. And I think that we need to explain. So as we were researching this, I was forced to listen to an awful podcast. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but they really got down into the details of it. So using your city of Phoenix, like right. this goes down to they clean the ro- keep the roads clean. They keep the – well – Phoenix roads are some of the worst in the United States, but my windshield will tell you that. But 
they maintain the roads. They uh, they make sure that you know we are safe when we are gathering. We they, have sewer. We have we electricity. Have sewer, we have water. We have electricity. Infrastructure. Yeah. Yes. Infrastructure. We have infrastructure. Yes. If there's a tree that goes down and it's in the middle of the road, they take care of it. Yeah. They yeah. maintain our parks and spaces that, especially during COVID, that we can go to. Right. Yes. And get out. Uh, my son works for Phoenix Parks and Rec. And so he mm-hmm. helps maintain Hans Park, and there's a dog park there, and all of those employees that are there are giving the space to this this community. And so it really can get down into the very specifics that we often miss right. when we're just doing, like, gratitude lists. I agree. Yes. Right. Yep. And then the last of all, the third question. What do we have, Janelle? Third question. What troubles and difficulties did I cause... Blank. Yeah, and you know, this is the one that I had the hardest problem with. Right. Because it is very easy for me to be aware of how other people have inconvenienced me or made my life more difficult. <laughs> I mean, that's very easy to happen. I mean, for example, if someone cuts me off. Oh, right. Right? Right. Right away. It's like they're inconsiderate. They're not thoughtful. They're. Right. And yet, if I cut someone off. Well, it was just an accident. Right. You know, I didn't even right. see you. <laughs> and if I come Jeez. in, and if I go home or if I come into work, w- more than likely what I'm going to complain about is what people, what troubles and difficulties they have done to me. I'm not coming into work or home going, oh, you ought to hear all these terrible and things that I've done to make another person's life difficult. And right. I think that's why this question is really powerful. It's a complaint-based attitude as opposed to a self-reflective one. Yes. One writer said, if we are not willing to see and accept those events in which we have been the source of others' sufferings, then we cannot truly know ourselves or the grace by which we live. Mm. And I thought that was... To, to be able well, isn't to... scripture, didn't Paul talk about not being a stumbling block? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's to be able to, or even when Jesus says about the idea of, you know, rather than looking at the 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 speck of dust in your neighbor's eye, look right. at what's in your own. And I, think, and I think there are times, this question is very helpful when it comes to relationships, is what troubles and difficulties have I caused this other person? Yeah. And... It's a great opportunity to reflect and realize a little bit more about ourselves. I also found something interesting on um, doing this. It's pretty important maybe that we write this stuff down. Mm, go on. I found an article. It was a Forbes article, and it said, Neuroscience has proven that the act of actually writing it down does two things. The first is it has an external storage for you. So you can write it out, post it on your fridge, and there's a visual cue. Yeah. So you can't forget it. The second is there is an encoding process. This is a biological process where things that we perceive travel through the brain's hippocampus. (laughs) Who knew I had a hippo on my head? No. (laughs) Where they are (laughs) analyzed and stored in long-term memory, or they're discarded. Writing improves the encoding process. Yes. 
So it's very important maybe that we also write this stuff down. I agree. And I think that That's is... That's really hard for you, I know. Yep. yep. Well, then also to read it, because then that <laughs> gives you all three of the learning. Yes. It's seeing, hearing, so it's visual and verbal. Yeah. And so think about one of the opportunities someone might be able to to take here in January is find someone in your life that you have a relationship with mm. and sit down with them and ask, go through these three questions and taking your advice rather than verbalizing them to begin with. Yeah. Both sit in silence and write them out and then take turns sharing them back together. and forth. Right. And I think it's a great way to build relationships. Also, I think it's a great thing for spiritual communities to do. To look yeah. at and ask, you know, what has this community given me? What have I given them? And then ask that question, what troubles and difficulties have I caused others in this community? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that ends this third segment. And as we come to a close, what better way to end our time together than by listening again to a song entitled New Year? Mm-hmm.
Thank you for having spent this time with us and interacted with us in this worship experience. Now, as you enter into a new week and a new year, please receive this blessing. Having let go of 2020 and set your intentions toward a new year, commit yourself to living a life of balance, purpose, and meaning. Let all of us begin this year in love as we go into this week and a new year to make love real for others and our world. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving Beatitudes Radio empowering people to enrich society With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.